Hello and good morning to you, my precious beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chid Jacob, and I'm here this morning to welcome you to this day's episode of our ongoing daily fellowship with the world, the bread of life. Again, I would love to remind you this morning, as well as you know, that the message spoken to sons are not the same as what it says to slaves. We have been called out as sons of God. The Bible says, whoever believes God our Father has given us the right, the privilege, and authority to be sons of God. Don't forget, beloved, let your mind never remove from this truth. Let there be nothing that you see that will remove your mind from the truth that we are God's children, sons of God. And if we be his sons and he be our father, that brings us to another level of existence that is far beyond the ordinary, that is far beyond the animalistic natural life. That when men walk in darkness, we become their light. When there is no hope in the world, we bring hope. Praise God. Unfortunately, as you listen around and as things unfold, you hear the suggestions and solutions that even preachers bring forth. You can see a clear evidence that, that many have no faith in Christ. Many have no faith in Christ. And when I say that, it's not a mindless accusation. Why? If I point you to Christ as the final answer to all your questions, to all your challenges, that means I have faith in Christ. But when a man says to you, even though you are born again, but you know, you've got to do this, you know, your matter is not really settled, that means that man has less faith or no faith in Christ. He may pray and say in Jesus' name, but he has less faith in Christ. And why is that? They have not understood what Christ has done. When where they heard, they have refused to believe. And so, beloved, there is no other obligation greater than you and I going out there over and over, using every means possible to spread this message of Christ, to let the world know who Christ is and what he has done beloved don't forget like we mentioned last week the reasons why he's been unveiled number one you know that he is the solution the world needs he's the answer to every marital problem you know that already he's the answer to every physical mental emotional whatever challenge a man has christ is the final solution praise god Amen and amen. And of course, you know that it is only in him that we can see who God really is. There's no way to understand God except to look at Christ. And of course, you know that it's not just that alone. It's only in him also that we can see who we really are. Our true picture as sons of God was manifested and demonstrated and modeled for us in the life that jesus lived you know god had to come here to take a human body why is that that we may see and feel and touch him and see and see what is possible in this our own environment i was sharing with somebody someone last sunday i said it's making sense why i have to be here on ground in this country to preach this gospel you know why some of the things i say if i say it living outside the country 
many people will laugh it off and say, well, he's only saying that because he does not live in this country. I live here with everyone else and will preach the gospel that we preach confidently. Praise God. So God had to come to be like us so that we can see what is possible. And don't forget again, it is in him that we see what our true relationship with the Father is. And above all, beloved, like we began to say on Sunday, Christ is the final answer to every man's life, to every challenge, to every problem. So where else should we point men to? We got to point them to Christ. And so I began to share yesterday what our message, we have seen the message of Christ and we still see more of that. We have seen the message of the apostles and we still see more of that. Now, the question is, what should our own message be? There, and there's no doubt here what that message ought to be. As we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21 tells us that God has given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. How did he do that? He first reconciled us. Beloved, don't forget. He first reconciled us so that we have experience of what that reconciliation is. And then having reconciled us, he has given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. The Bible says in verse 18, and God has made all things new. Beloved, don't forget, he has made all things new. It is this newness that we need to go and preach to people so that their mind will turn away from the old to the new. And God has made all things new. And what has he done? He has reconciled us to himself and given us the same ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 says, in other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted, I love the word, he has entrusted, God has faith in me and in you that this glorious gospel, he has entrusted it not to the hand of the angels, not to the hand of beings, but he has entrusted, God has faith in you and I, that he has entrusted this glorious gospel, this life-changing gospel, this knowledge of power and life. He has entrusted this divine proclamation. He has entrusted it not to the hand of angels, but to our hand. Beloved, you remember what I shared the other day. What we believe towards God is good, but in actuality, what changes and transforms our life is what we believe towards us. Unfortunately, religion makes us bankrupt, tells us that we are evil, tells us that we are sinners, tells us that we are not forgiven. Oh, no wonder our experience has remained to be the same. But when we start to see ourselves as forgiven, call ourselves forgiven. One of my guys made a post on Facebook the other day calling himself righteous. And he was attacked by many people telling him that he has even sinned by because he said he is righteous. Have you noticed that? If he said he was a sinner, they will clap for him. Have you noticed that? Now that he has accepted what God said he is, that he's righteous, they attacked him viciously. Beloved, this is why we have to preach this gospel because the world is still very, very blind. So God has faith in us to entrust this gospel, this glorious gospel into our hand. And beloved, there can be nothing greater 
when we have the opportunity to go out there and to proclaim this life transforming, this gospel that takes sons of men and makes them sons of God, this gospel that can raise that can raise the fallen, this gospel that brings back life to the dead. Beloved, there can be no greater joy that you and I preach this gospel. And the Bible says that in Christ, God is not, not keeping records. Don't forget, it's religion that keeps record of wrongs. No, God is not keeping the record of wrong. Don't forget, of everyone. So, all we need to do is to go out there to proclaim to them what the reality is. And don't forget, we are all saved to be ambassadors of Christ. Don't forget, ambassadors of of the anointed one why because as his ambassadors we carry his message the message of christ who christ is why is that he's a solution why is that it's only him that we see god why is that it's only him that we see ourselves why is that it's only him that we can see our true relationship with the father so we carry his message the bible said as though god were tenderly i love that pleading with them directly through our leaves that means god is appealing to the world through our lips. beloved what exactly has been your message to the world when people encounter you what exactly do you say to them beloved don't forget the message that does not change your mind is lost what do you say to people what kind of conversation do you hold with people do you talk like everyone else do you engage in the kind of conversations that instill fear in the heart of men instead of faith? What do you say to people? When, you, when they encounter you, what do you say to them? What kind of conversations do you have? Beloved, don't forget, we have been called apart. We have been separated by our Father to be like him so that we talk like him. So when men hear us in the midst of their confusion and fear, peace envelops them. Not because there are no reasons to be afraid, not because there are no fake news or evil news to be afraid of, but because Christ be in them and in us. Peace surrounds us at all times. Praise God. So yesterday, I mentioned that our message is on two levels. Number one is what we say to the world. We go and we preach the gospel, the message of reconciliation, telling them, hey, no need to run away. God has paid for your sins. He has, he has created the path for you to come back, receive him fully. That's the kingdom of God so that he will live in you, so that peace is no longer what you are chasing. Peace becomes your everyday living experience. Praise God. Praise God. Amen and amen. And then I promise today to mention the second level of our message. And what is that? It is to help the believers understand their completeness in Christ. We preach to continually change their mind. Remember, they changed their mind towards God. Now that they are in, don't forget, they have been used to thinking about life and God in particular ways. And so step by step, patiently, in all wisdom and maturity, we now start to build into them the knowledge of their fullness in Christ. And that's exactly what Apostle Paul spent his life doing and we're going to see that in the scripture this morning. And that's why I began to share with everyone that the focus of our ministry is on two things. Number one is evangelism. We go out there and we proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. We go out there and we preach reconciliation back 
to God, not preaching them into religion, but preaching them away from religion. And the second leg of the ministry is discipleship. And you see what brother Paul the apostle said, Colossians chapter 1 verses 28 to 29. Colossians chapter 1 verses 28 to 29. Here's what he says, Christ is our message. So whether it is evangelism or discipleship, Christ is still what? Our message. Discipleship is not to indoctrinate people into our denomination. Discipleship is not to tell people what we believe or what we don't believe. No, the core of discipleship remains the same thing. If Christ is our message to the world, we cannot now win them over and then return them to works, which is what happened to us. They said, come in, salvation is free, God loves you as you are, he wants you to come in. Now, when we come in, they said, no, he doesn't actually want you as you are. Here at the least, if you don't pay your tithe, he will throw you back. Initially, they said salvation was free. Now, salvation becomes something we can maintain, something we can gain, or something we can lose. Now, what they call discipleship in the past was to not give us the rules and the requirement for us to follow. Some came up with all this idea of sanctification sanctification, level by level, restitution, all manner of things. In other words, in other words, the salvation that we received was taken away from us because we were removed from faith in Christ. Now, please think clearly. If you have gone through this process, you know what I'm talking about. That when you came in and intended to become a disciple, you had less faith in Christ because it was more of works that was presented to you. You were not told that if you don't win your soul, God will be angry at you. The same God that was happy to save you is now angry at you. Beloved, don't forget, whether it is outreach or inreach, whether it is evangelism or discipleship, don't forget, if there's anything you get from this message this morning, don't forget that our message must always be Christ. We cannot point them to Christ on the outside, bring them in and begin to point them away from Christ. Our message must always be Christ. So he writes here, Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. Don't forget, if there's a full understanding of truth, that means there can be a partial understanding of truth. He said, we preach, watch this, to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. Now he said, it has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity, beloved. May this be your own reality. If you desire it, that your inspiration, your passion when you think about ministry the thing that you think about is what is the same thing that apostle paul thinks about beloved i cannot explain to you what this life looks like but may you experience it in reality if you desire it brother paul says it has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor why is he laboring what is his labor for he said with a tireless intensity and of course Look at a man who has faith in Christ. Beloved, open your ears and hear the, the language of a man who has faith in Christ. Why he's saying this, he knows it looks like it has become his work. No, that's why in the next line, he says, 
with his power flowing through me. In other words, this labor that I'm laboring with tireless intensity is not my work. It's not my energy. It's not my power. It's not my grace. It's not my labor. Even though I labor, but I do so. Why? Because his power is flowing through me. Hallelujah. What a balance. He brings the glory back to him immediately. He's not hitting his hand on the chest, talking about the sacrifice he has made or he has paid. He said, no, I labor with tireless intensity because his power flows through me. And now, what is the goal of it? What is the intent? What is the purpose? Why does he do that? He said to present every believer, watch this, to present every believer. So this ministry he's talking about here, this portion of it is actually to the believer. He says to present every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. To make every believer understand, come to the full understanding of being God's perfect one in Jesus Christ. Please, beloved, I plead with you. Take your time, take the TPT, play around this, and go over this message over and over again. Don't forget, number one, Christ is our message. He's my message. He's your message. I want to spend my time, even in the coming days, talking to you, talking to some of you. How, what do we do to make sure that this message is continually preached across everywhere, wherever you are? You have to find a way. You have to find a means. Don't say you cannot do it. Don't say I am not called for it. But I pray that your eyes will open to the urgency of this. Why it is important that the message of Christ must be preached. Once you have an interest, don't think about what to do. If you are not sure of what to do, please get across to me. Let's talk about it. There's always a way. Wherever you are, beloved, we must evangelize the world with the message of reconciliation, with the message of God's love. And then we cannot be careless and leave them to wander like vagabonds. No, we have to be concerned to create platforms, to create opportunities for them to come to the full understanding of what they have believed. Friend, this has become my own passion for ministry that men see christ and that men are discipled in christ i don't want to go out there and preach the gospel of christ to people and then hand them over to people who will return them to where they are coming from no we have to be responsible to preach to them and see also that they are discipled in christ that they become true disciples of Christ. How are they going to be? It is to help them see, to help every believer, to present to every believer the revelation. Don't forget to present to every believer. What do we present to believers? The revelation. The revelation of being his perfect one. To help them come to the revelation of being God's perfect one in Christ. Friend, that is how the sons of God will arise. That is how our families will change. Their families will change. That is how our communities will change. As you can see, the government will not do it. If you are one of those who is still hoping one day, one day, one Messiah will come. For example, in our country like Nigeria, if you are one of those who hoping that one day, one Messiah will come from somewhere and get everything fixed, I'm sorry to disappoint you. They will do what they do. They can do their best. They can improve things here and there. 
but you know what the final answer is. So, I want to encourage you, beloved, don't put it off. Don't say, I will think about it. Don't say it's tomorrow. No, rise up today and realize that you are an ambassador. Wherever you are, whatever you have, if you have Christ in you, you have become his ambassador. You have become a carrier of his name. And so you have also become a carrier of this of his message. Let us spread the message as much as we can as we raise sons unto him. Don't forget, this daily teaching is geared towards discipleship. If you listen to everything we have said, think about it. If you listen to every message you have received, if you sit down and think about it, all of the messages are designed to bring you to the fullness of who you are in Christ. Praise God. Amen and amen. I've gone a little further, so let me stop here and come back to you again tomorrow as we continue looking at our own message. What should be the intent and the purpose of his ministry continuing through us? Please enjoy your day. Keep me in your prayers as always. I plead with you. And then do me a special favor, more than any other thing, to scatter those messages as much as you can go back look at the older ones go back to the podcast forward as much as you can do let us cover this earth with the revelation of christ please enjoy your day and while you do don't forget this morning you have been served shalom